Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm not going to complain on this at this time. Why would I do that? I don't know. I don't know. There's lots to complain about in the world. <clears throat> well, you know, uh, I don't. I don't have things that I'm going to complain about. Oh, things are, things right. are fine. All how right. about how about you? Are you going to complain to me? I got nothing to complain about. Life is good. Cheers. Cheers. I'm having some batch twenty two right now. You're having batch twenty two. I came up with a uh, a new a new drink with the batch twenty two. Um, I, okay. I actually I actually came up with the name for the drink, but I and now I have to come up with the recipe. I know that the drink is going to have Benedictine, right? And batch twenty two. I'm not sure what the other ingredients will be. I'll taste those two mixed together and then tweak it with whatever else it needs to lift it up. But the name of the drink with Benedictine and Batch 22, uh, well, we make a version of the Batch 22 that is a cucumber infusion where you pour it over some cut up cucumber and let it sit for a day. And then Sounds tasty. It's very good. The cucumber Batch 22 is very good. So the drink is called the benedictine cucumber batch that i am i love i love that i i or the benedictine cucumber batch even <laughs> better yeah even better and if it's a tasty drink you know we'll see if uh if benedict wants to maybe he'll uh, do an ad you know or maybe he'll just taste the drink and uh tell us how honored he is to have a drink named after him it would be even better if his um oh you know what I have to do? I have to uh I have to mention uh that mom should put her headphones on because I'm also listening to the show right now. Uh because she's downstairs watching the show, but I'm hearing the show, but delayed. delayed. So yeah. I, I can't even hear myself think. I can't hear it, but I'm sure you but, can. But she'll hear me talking about that, and she'll go. Yeah, there. you don't even have to leave the room. I don't she'll... even have to leave the room. I just yeah. told her. Unless this is going to be a good indication of whether she actually watches the show or just has it playing there, so you think she is. So that I think she's watching. Because I would right now, I'd be like out in the car listening to some radio. <laughs> hey, if or... I didn't have to be here, I wouldn't listen to me if I didn't have to. Um, is that, did she seem to? Uh, lower the volume. Did she get the? She either uh, lowered the volume or put her headphones on. Okay, thank you, mom. Appreciate I'm that. Hearing, I'm not hearing us anymore. Speaking of mom, there's a big day coming up. Uh, there, there, there's a day. There's a big day coming there's up. There's a yeah. big day coming up, and I, I couldn't figure out what the heck to get her, so I went to this place that just does like themed. Boxes, like you say, it's Mother's Day. What do you got? And they they put together a themed box of stuff. I have no idea what's in it. Um, you have a very casual relationship with her right now. You say things very that, that that's like you, you tell her that you kind of threw stuff in a box for Mother's Day. She's listening to you right now. Well, because here I'll, I'll t I didn't do that. I got her something, but. She knew that she had to hide so I could bring the box in. And she was wondering, what's in that box? And I said, I have no idea. I went to a place that just said, we have Mother's Day gift boxes. And I got one. So that's what I told her. So 
that I'm talking quietly so she doesn't hear this part of the show. So that's what she thinks. She thinks it's just like a themed gift box. I didn't think I, I didn't want to have to say this, but you really start. You really do need to start getting out more. You, you've you've been vaccinated. There's no excuse for this. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of my behavior that there's no excuse for. <laughs> so if you've been watching anything good lately, I believe you have. I watched something good for this week. And did, um, did you watch the mayor of East town? Uh, we've been watching that show for sure. Yeah, uh, we are there. A new one drops today or yesterday. We haven't seen the third Sunday, episode. Sunday night. Sun, it drops on Sunday nights. Uh, Mom and I just watched it right before um, right before this broadcast. So I can tell you all about it if you want to know what happens. I don't want you to do oh, that. OK, I would like to be able to experience the show for myself because I really, really like it. I really like it a lot. It's pretty great, isn't it? it's just terrific it's well done well acted it's so well shot i it's it's great she's amazing she's amazing on it yeah that's not an easy accent to do for people from the northeast no it's not an easy accent for people to do who live in that town i'll bet uh yeah it's really it's 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 amazing yeah you think you it's flawless that's that's a hard accent it's a hard accent, and they're all drinking lining kugels. So you know, that's a. I don't know. I'm. I'm you lost me. That's the beer from that part of Pennsylvania. Oh, I thought those were Rolling Rocks. Lineys. Yeah, pretty good. That wasn't Rolling Rock. That she was drinking. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're they're mostly drinking lining kugel in there. Maybe maybe in one scene she was drinking a Rolling Rock. That's a Pennsylvania beer, right? Uh, yeah, Old Latrobe. Old Latrobe. Yeah, it's a good beer. So I haven't had a Rolling Rock in a long time. That's a nice light beer. It's very it light. Nice, it's it's a almost good not beer there. if you're playing ball, which I never do. So you never drink how it. Would I know. <laughs> you just don't drink it. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, uh, so we wanted to get away from rom coms. We got a, we got pretty far away, and we ended up with another kind of another rom com though. In There's a different way. In this. It's there there is actually an unexpected relationship yeah. develops. Yeah, with some humor. Yeah. And a yeah. touch of sensuality. A touch of sensuality. And actually one really great shot. I'll argue there's more than one in here. No, but I mean in in, in the rom com part of it, there's one really, really great shot. But let's let's get to that. I'm anxious to, I'm anxious to hear which one you what you shot see. I love so yeah. much. It's a shot that I loved when I first saw this movie, and I still laugh about it, and I laughed about it this time I saw it. Uh, but let's tell people what the movie is. Wolfgang Peter. Of- oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. No, you go. You go. Uh, I, I was. It was just a Pavlovian response. I, you, <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. In the Line of Fire, 1993, directed by our favorite director of Enemy Mine, Wolfgang Just covered Enemy Mine, yeah. Yeah, which we just did in a in a in a I think in a wheelhouse that's much more his. Yes. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, the storyline is uh, our hero, Clint Eastwood, is the uh, oldest uh, living um, Secret Service agent, and was on duty and right by the limousine when JFK was shot and has lived with that 
from that day to this day in 1993, um, wondering if he hesitated, wondering if there was something he could have done to save the president. And along comes another crazy um, guy who wants to kill the president in 1993. And it's, uh, it's Clint's shot at redemption. And a battle of wits between him and this assassin who forms some sort of weird bond with him. And it's apparently the only movie that the Secret Service actually got behind and helped out the, the making of. Yeah, I think they may have done one since then, but this was the very first time they ever, first time. Yeah, ever decided to uh, cooperate. And it shows... It really shows. I think it does. I mean, with my limited experience in in being around Secret Service, which was, you know, let 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 me just remind you when I met the President of the United States, who was then just the Vice President of the United States, just the Vice President. Um, when I when I hung out with him, yes, when you, <laughs> uh, on a job, you know. Hanging yeah. out like That's you do. More, yeah. I got to I got to see some of the Secret Service guys up close and personal. Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, I they they hated me so bad. <laughs> they hated me so much. I mean, there were three guys in that small room. We were in a tattoo parlor in DC in like kind of a college, you know, uh stoner part of town a lot of bars and head shops and stuff and a tattoo parlor and we were crammed in here they didn't like being in that neighborhood they didn't like the store they didn't like the layout they just clearly didn't like anything and um they really didn't like me they what? you're covered in tattoos covered in tattoos i'm close and but I, you just feel like they're you know they're trained to do that they don't they just don't like you and there there's no reason to like you and they're just not gonna goddamn like you and this is not part of their job, right? They're part of their part of the job might be killing you later that day. If they think that there's anything that you're doing, even remotely messed up. And then didn't you, didn't you have to uh, pick up something called a gun and approach the vice president with it? I did. It was really terrifying. I, <laughs> I, I was well aware that they didn't like me. They were staring me down like the bikers in, in Pee Wee's big adventure. It was literally like that level of, you know, we got our eye on you, man. And uh, I had to supposedly I had to pretend to tattoo the president with it with what they call a tattoo gun, which is a very heavy, sharp object. It's not a gun per se, but it it's electric and it's heavy and you could really hurt somebody with it. Uh, and um, and so I had to pretend to do it, which meant his the, the vice president's bare arm is right in front of me and I'm supposed to like pretend to do it, but they've not rehearsed it. Cause he doesn't have time to rehearse. So I have the tattoo gun and I'm, I'm where well, I don't have it yet. I, I like, they're like, let's do rehearsal. I'm saying, okay, I'm just so people know I'm gently picking up, <laughs> picking up the tattoo device. I didn't call it a gun at the <laughs> no, time. You did not call you it know. a gun. I'm holding it in my right hand as I'm, I'm like literally like explaining everything I'm doing to them because it's I'm so terrified. I'm I'm approaching the vice president. I'm getting closer to his bare arm. I'm going to touch him now. 
the whole thing. It was very strange. They were just staring at me like, yeah. Yeah. I've never spent time. I've been around a lot of different kinds of folks um, and a lot of different law enforcement. Never been around a secret service, dude. Well, I mean, I mean other unless you hung out with a president, floor. there'd not be a lot of reasons to, to actually meet one. No, no, there wouldn't. You know, an odd, you want to hear, well, you may know this, but this is just reminds me because I actually, I hung out with Secret Service people at another time in my life. Really? Yes. When I was but a baby child, but a tiny child. Do you know what I'm, you remember what I'm referring to by any chance? No. Um, uh, remember pop was doing a play in Washington and we were, we were, I don't know if you were there or not, but I know I was there staying at the Watergate hotel. Okay. During the freaking break-in. Oh, yes. No, I wasn't there. I was, at yeah. boarding, I was at boarding school. So I don't remember. No, I, I mean, yeah, I was at boarding school. Break-in was what? 73? the it was the 72 election 72 election so the break-in would have happened in in 70 yeah in 72 or late 71 so you know i was like four years old yeah and and literally some of my earliest memories are are like i was starting to like really capture memories at that age i guess and are of these guys in dark suits and overcoats and talking into their stuff and like just that I remember Talking the flurry. Sorry, that wasn't what they were doing. That's uh I, I do another show and sometimes yeah, I get confused. Get confused. <laughs> <laughs> Talking into their wrists, you know, yeah. handset monitor things. Right. And uh and just super serious. And they didn't like us then either. They didn't like anybody they saw then. No, well, you were well, you were covered with tattoos at four, also. Yeah, I was I, I mean was, they washed off, but uh I'm a yeah. They were I, whack, like wacky racer. Cartoons. These these are the real deal. These tattoos. Yeah. Um, wow. Amazing. Weird, really weird. Um, so I did. I you know, I've 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 hung out with these guys. They're cool guys. They have a really hard job. They do have a hard job. It's it's interesting because watching watching this film also my earliest memory. Uh is or, or or one of my very earliest memory and the first time i ever saw my biological mother cry was i was uh three and a half and i remember her coming into the living room sobbing and i had never seen her you know crying and wrecked and it frightened me and I said, and and she looked at me and she said the president's been shot he was the greatest man who ever lived and it would, that was Kennedy's assassination. And then I just remember days of sitting quietly with people. You know, I had, uh, of course, I had no concept of what was going on other than that it was very serious and all of the grownups were, were wrecked. Yeah. Um, it was a, uh, clearly an upsetting, an upsetting time, yeah. which is really well evoked in this movie, I think. Um, oh, I, I not think the, they, the, and it's and it, it's not even really a recreation, but the whole the legacy of it is really yeah. well, and it adds a a if I can use the word a gravitas sure to the entire film, uh, and actually informs what I think in in a lot of ways is really 
one of the best moments in the movie and certainly one of the best moments I think Clint Eastwood has ever had. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Didn't know he had waterworks. Didn't know that could happen. No, he pulls that monologue off about what that day was like for him so incredibly. And the way the way it boils down to just a, a personal experience for him rather than some epic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, epic world shaping event. And, and, uh, and, and you know, of, of uh, a moment of failure too. interesting yeah. movie that deals with that grief yeah. and loss and failure and in, in a big action thriller from Hollywood, you know, it's a little bit surprising to see, that those uh those chords being played yeah um well let's get into a little well, bit. i i, think I an... can i stop for just a second while we're talking about the real stuff uh yeah. though that th this is apparently a real guy too this is based on, on on the real person yeah the real guy who did an interview or, or several interviews some that i believe you can still watch on youtube um and I haven't have, seen him, but he he does he like he confess like he breaks down talking about how I haven't I I have to confess that I didn't watch the the clips. I want to go watch them now that I I learned about them today. Is that because you were too busy doing the other homework that you had to do for the show, or was yeah that, yeah okay. I had so much homework to do for the show? I understand. Um, I I didn't learn. I actually didn't even know this until a couple of hours ago, and I was like, oh my god, I I was pretty surprised. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not that this this plot didn't happen. No, this plot didn't happen, but that there was a guy there. I mean, obviously, there were a lot of Secret Service men there who. Yeah. When 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 Kennedy was died, but when Kennedy was died, when he was died. Yeah. 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 Um, I know what you meant. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Mm hmm. Um, and uh, actually, he's he's actually still going to he's going to be president, vice president Kennedy when when uh, Trump becomes president again on what is it? It's going to be May 28th now. What's the date now that he's. I don't I don't follow that story in the news the Q, anymore. You don't follow the Q stuff. You're not into don't the Don't follow it anymore. Yeah, no, me neither. It's not in my feed and I don't <laughs> seek it out. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Um but, you know, this story, this film, I think, is I, I was talking to mom about it because at first I thought, I don't know what the heck we're going to talk about tonight, because this movie in some ways is like if somebody said to you, bake me a perfect, simple chocolate cake. Right. And then somebody baked you a perfect, simple chocolate cake and you tasted it and you go. Okay, yeah, it's a perfect chocolate cake. I don't know what else to say about it. You made mm -hmm. exactly what I wanted. Except for those gosh darn Dermot Mulrooney nuts that they keep on putting in the cake. <laughs> I hate those Mulrooney nuts. Just aren't, they don't go with this cake. I don't know what it is. Sorry. Um... <laughs> I thought it was Dylan McDermott. No, it's Dylan McRooney. <laughs> Sorry, Dylan, who is it? It's Dylan McDermott. Right. I've always yeah. confused who these is, two actors. Well, should they should combine them into one actor, Dylan McDermott Mulrooney. <laughs> well, I, I I think I, I may be more sympathetic to one of the 
McDermott's than than <laughs> the other one. But I don't. You're not a really fan know. of Dylan McDermott in this movie. Uh, I, for me, honestly, that whole part of it is the weakest link in the in the movie. It's it seems okay. like the only um really uh just kind of tropish thing that just went exactly the way you think it's going to go except without that storyline you could not have this line when when clint goes to her and after he's been kicked off the case and he goes to he goes to renee russo who's the the lead agent on security for this convention or whatever and says you you got to send me you got to send me there because you know and and they've had a little bit of a thing and she gives him a look and he says this has nothing to do with you and me strictly professional but that son of a bitch killed my partner my friend <laughs> and you couldn't have that line and you got to have that line I, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't disagree. I think you do you need to have line. that line in the movie. I just think that they could have. They could have had that line and arrived at it in a slightly more interesting way. Um, the minute you meet him, you know, like he's the first thing in the movie. He's the first shot of the film after the credits, and you know he's going to die the second he shows up. Yeah, really. You you knew he was going to get killed. I did. They might as well have put a star trek red shirt on him yeah that's what he should have been wearing yeah <laughs> um yeah it was weird that he was like a white person i was like he's <laughs> he's you know he's gonna die like that's so right. surprising right yeah. he's not gonna make it through this movie and you know the second he shows up yeah. and then he has a scene after that where you're like oh you're really not you're really gone okay you mean because he talks about his his wife? Yeah, he talked about his wife and his kid. And how, no. Yeah, guaranteed Sorry. to die. Yeah, don't maybe mention. maybe that's what made me uncomfortable. It's like I just didn't want to get to know him because I knew I was just going to be grieving more <laughs> once I got to know him and invested in it. Yeah, but think how much more upset you would have been if it was Dylan McDerm if it was Dermot Mulroney. Then I might have had a different i might have actually been upset i don't know yeah. i don't i i didn't love that part of it did did you feel that this was a weak thread of the film despite that it had to be there for you know your 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 favorite narrative reasons your plot and narrative narrative yeah, and story um, <laughs> yeah i loved i mean i i loved uh i loved the the um almost every single thing in this movie is inevitable from the moment of, the, I mean, this movie is like dominoes, right? Yeah. And, 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 and you could almost, you could almost sit in the audience and write the next scene as it was going on. Uh, it, it is the, it's the political assassination equivalent of, um, so uh, when we did the poster, things that are in Silverado. Yeah, it yeah. is. It, it's, it's it's the it's the what you know the Washington thriller version of Silverado. Yeah, exactly. It is. Um, but it does a couple of things I thought incredibly well. Like I love the fact that the president is in is purely a plot device in this movie loved it he's cast like a plot device they cast a loved guy it. who hardly ever worked before or since jim Cur curly yeah he's got like four imdb credits yeah 
And he still, Jim still talks about this movie. Anytime you go drinking with him, anywhere he goes, well, there's a story a about this big, movie. It was a big deal for him. He, Obviously, he was in like half the movie and he doesn't yeah. have any lines. It's really amazing. And that scene where, where the shot rings out and they have to hustle him out it's of incredible. that hotel. I have it in my notes. It's, my, it's yeah. one of my favorite things in it. Yeah. Just, insanely good so Um, good uh and and what you imagine it would be like you know just a mass of men moving a terrified person through a crowd through a kitchen through another garage yeah it goes on and on and it's crazy that that whole sequence is fantastic i mean that whole thing is fantastic there are there are like three um set piece action set pieces you know in this that are that really hold up that really hold up and this was from 93 what 93 yeah you know i mean mission impossible was just ramping up yeah and it's the kind of movie that it's the kind of movie you i mean if you're not familiar with this movie because it's odd that in a way that clint you're seeing a clint movie that's not even directed by clint you know this right. is he's just cast in it as a star I think it might have been the last movie that he didn't direct or produce that he was in. Is that true? It certainly seems like it could be it work on that timeline. He was 62 when he made it. Um, 12 years older than the character was actually supposed to be, which is why he apparently almost turned it down when, um, well, he did turn it down at first because he said he was too old for it. Um, but he is, uh, he is right in the middle of the action in this and and they have, three like fantastic sequences and and that's one of them blew my mind yeah he takes that bullet i mean and that's that was old style that was him flying you know yeah leaping and a squib and i watched that i clicked through it and the look on his face when that the look on his face and gary cole who's behind him it all looks really genuine <laughs> like, like you know let's yeah. hope Clint doesn't break a hip. Yeah. I hope this no, Gary Cole's up. like, I hope he does break a hip because then I'm going to get paid so much money. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. Uh, is there, a, you saw this when it came out? I saw it when it came out and I loved it then. Did it change? Had it, had you seen it since? I believe I had seen it once a few years after it came out also. Did you? I loved it just as much now as i did same thing okay and there were so many pieces of it that i remembered right it's funny how time does stuff i i liked it i really enjoyed it this time i remembered it as being less i guess i've seen since it came out i've seen 700 million films since then yes and uh i've seen a lot better movies (laughs) since then better than this and um so it also you know at at the time it was also really hard hitting i remember it being like really a thrill ride compared to today's thrill ride it's 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 a very slow paced kind of like charming drama about two people who fall in love at the white house you know it's really (laughs) amazing um but uh but yeah, that sequence reminded me so much of like a Brian De Palma sequence with less showiness. But man, Wolfgang Peterson knows how to 
do some stuff. You know who else knows how to do some stuff? Just to bring it up, do you know who edited this movie? Who edited it? Just the woman who edited Lawrence of Arabia. Holy Moses. Yeah, Ann V. Coates edited this, and she is literally one of the greatest, you know, filmmakers ever. Well, I just got some bad news from our friend Seth Michael May, uh, which I'll share in a moment. Um, but it's bad news to me because I was just about to bring up Mr. Malkovich, who I think is just shines in this movie. And that, the, you know, it is a movie that's filled with tropes and sort of there's so much about it that's standard. And then Malkovich brings this relationship in between him and that's that's what makes the movie gives the movie a little depth to me to, totally totally agree that, that they they juxtapose these two people who have loss in their past who who believed in this country and believed in the jobs that they were doing and they they juxtapose them and and uh they're like mirror images of each other. And they bring that up in, in dialogue, you know, when he says you, you, you're supposed to protect and I'm, I'm supposed to kill. And yet I protected you and you're trying to kill me. You know, there's all those mirror images, but apparently according to Seth, Michael may Malkovich hates this film. And yeah, I would agree with you, Seth. That mm -hmm. breaks my heart. Cause I think he's his, um, reserve through the entire film until that one moment when he breaks and and loses his loses his shit i love john malkovich as an actor but i i i i gotta say that you know seth that makes a kind of weird sense to me because i remember when this movie came out um i feel like malkovich considered himself to be like a fancy fancy actor yeah and this was the first time that he kind of made a million dollar payday big movie thing where it was kind of like the equivalent of playing a bond villain you know in a way yeah and and i think and i think even at the time i remember him i remember being surprised that he was in it you know like wow this it it, it made me want to see it more because i thought wow there's a really interesting you know, like a really heavy hitting actor in one of these Hollywood action movies it might make it really good and it did I'm just so surprised at that Seth I, I didn't know that but I think he's so good in it and I think um he he how could you hate being in one of the better you know Clint Eastwood movies whatever you think about Clint like this is one of the more interesting outings for him yeah and then and then the work that he did the and the character he created was in, incredibly compelling and not not a Bond villain. I mean, I thought he brought a lot of dimensions to it. Oh, I agree. I didn't mean to imply that I thought it was, but the way that it was, I, I think he made it not a Bond villain. Yeah, I, and, I, and that's why I think, that's why I'm sad that he's not proud of it. You know? Yeah. And this from the guy who then went off to do the, uh, the what, what was that series of movies with Bruce Willis, the deranged special, the, the, the crazy... Ex CIA people. You're making no sense right now. You're talking. Bruce, this is. Are you feeling okay? It's it's Bruce Bruce Willis, <laughs> uh, Mary Louise Parker, uh, ex CIA guys who have to save the world. 
um and what, he played, red yeah red and red red, red <laughs> yeah but this is like you know this is years and years after you know i mean he's he's coming off of he's coming off of broadway and burn this like five years before this you know he's like on fire as yeah, the new okay. as the new well, brando yeah well i'm sorry you had to go make a million dollars Wow. And even even Brando did the lady from Shanghai. So, you know, Brando loved in the line of fire. I don't know what he's talking. <laughs> he about. was crazy about it. Um, there's um, so favorite moment. Um, my favorite moment. Let me think about that for a second, because I have favorite scenes and stuff. I, I guess actually my favorite moment <laughs> is is in the middle of my favorite sequence, which is the rooftop chase okay the rooftop chase is like it's just fantastic it's so well done and has so many uh other films that it's kind of referencing and stuff but it has its own thing going on i i love that action scene and um i there's a moment where there's a lot of really bad green screen or or blue screen in in this movie they hadn't gotten to cgi really yet and it even if they had done it it wouldn't it would have it was all spent on like his um transformation into a younger clint when right. they do the documentary footage from the assassination um that cost four million dollars ten percent of the budget right there so they didn't have a lot of money to have like really good green screen work there's some stuff now that looks really really bad like when Air Force One is on the runway and there's a band of tuba players and then there's like clearly it just looks like yeah cuneiform cutouts like <laughs> stapled onto it. <laughs> but there's one shot in this, I think, because they knew they were they were doing a lot of green screen, a lot of um sleight of hand. The rooftop stuff they wanted to sell as real, you know, because they were yeah. really up there. And at first you're thinking, well, Clint's against, there's a, there's a, he's hanging off the edge of a building. He jumps, yeah. tries to make the cross and he doesn't. And he's hanging off the side of the building, classic movie moment. And you're assuming that he's, when they cut to that high angle and they're looking down at him and you see the street, yeah. you're assuming that that's green screen. Yeah. Because it, of course it's Clint and it's clearly oh. he's, if he's got a harness, it's not the biggest harness you've ever seen. Cause it's, you can't see it. Can't see it. No. And they didn't have the technology to to like airbrush things out of movies at that point. So right. you're like looking at this and then John Malkovich's sunglasses fall off and they fall off in one shot and they cut to the reverse looking down at the street and at Clint and they fall all the way oh, down yeah. to the street and smash. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's actually happening right now. So smart. A great gag pulled off perfectly and yeah. really smart movie making i love yeah. that moment he was hanging there he was hanging there um my favorite um because it just made me laugh is i love when he goes into her tell her her hotel room and they kiss and they're going to end up in bed the, the, camera, the camera pans down to their feet as they're kissing and they're trying to make it to the bed and we just see their feet and it's handcuffs 
and guns clips from guns clips from guns taser taser billy club walkie talkie hitting the floor clunking on the on the just littering the floor on their way to the bed i love it's a great moment man that moment it's um it's kind of a riff on the on the um uh we don't need another hero mad max movie yeah it turns out we did need another hero but um where he had, uh, you know, he they're like, put all your weapons on the desk before you come into the bar. And he it's like literally five minutes. <laughs> yeah. He's just pulling out like guns <laughs> and rifles and knives and grenades. This is like forever. Right. It is a really funny moment. Yeah. Um, I also was really um the sequence when Malkovich killed the woman from the bank Great. and her roommate. Is- really good so that that it's so terrifying when he shows up at her door and again they do that wonderful thing in the bank when she when she asks him where he's from and he says milwaukee and obviously he's lying and she goes oh i'm from milwaukee and you huh. go oh she's gonna oh, she's dead she's dead <laughs> you know? oh too bad just horrible and then when he kills the two hunters it's just it's again, you know what's going to happen, and yeah. it's all about how he plays it and how the whole cast plays it. Let's give a little shout out to Patrick Adarbo, who plays the woman who he does kill, who takes who, who he meets at the bank. Um, oh. Patrick Adarbo, she's fantastic. She has been working. She is like another person I'll bring up here, a character actor extraordinaire. You've seen her. It's just one of those people. You've seen her yeah. a thousand times. Yeah. And she has been on TV forever and she's still going strong. And I thought she was great in this. I really loved her work. And that was a really memorable, small role. Yep. Uh, great job. There's a couple of small, uh, you know, a couple of people in here. Um, Gregory Allen Williams. Yep. It was, is fantastic in it. Uh, William Schilling as the party hack the the we don't know democrat republican that even that is never i loved him in this he was he's, so realistic he was so to that guy he's fantastic he reminded me of dad's old manager of harold leventhal didn't he yeah completely yeah completely um clyde kuzatsu I was I have him written down here. I'm you know, talk about a guy who should be celebrated, who's also still working, just had stuff coming out last year. I think he may have more IMDB credits than anybody I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like it. I was going I was scrolling down and down and down and down. And you're getting to like, you know, Simon and Simon, Law and Order, the 2011 uh, Hawaii Five O, the original Hawaii Five O, yeah, like right. it's absolutely incredible. There's very few people who can do both Hawaii Five Os. Yeah, we can and do both of them in our family. Can but not... you believe <laughs> <laughs> he was in the Rockford Files, Simon and Simon? Not on Magnum. He's from Hawaii. What happened there? Not on Magnum. He was apparently never on Magnum. I, I maybe I wow, missed that... it, but. That's sad. And um, uh, John Mahoney. John Mahoney, who didn't get enough to do in this movie at all. No, but he the guy's a national treasure. 
Um, yeah, and a great uh, a great part for what's his name Thompson, um, the guy who used to be the lawyer who became the actor, oh, and then Dalton Thompson. Oh, he's so cool, and then became a senator for a while. Right, right, and continued uh, to act. Yeah, in in erotic thrillers, which is a strange thing. Huh? Yeah, he never, never really. Uh, yeah, Steve Rell's back. How great was it to see him show up? That's some of the that's one of the cool things I think about um having a European director, a German director come and shoot something here. Cause the casting is maybe not exactly what you would he's he's in love with actors that that you wouldn't necessarily like. He clearly loves Steve Steve Railsback, gave him a great role. Right. Nobody knew who Steve Railsback was at that time. They still don't, which is a shame. I mean, he, no, he had, at that point, I think almost all he had done was the stuntman, right? No, he did Helter Skelter, which is why he never That's worked right. again. That's right. But wasn't the stuntman the first thing he did? Uh, it was the stuntman. No, I think Helter Skelter was the first thing he did. Stuntman was oh. one of the only other things he did that he gotcha. was really known for. Okay. But I love him. He's a great actor, and and he got really. He's one of these guys that was so good as playing a creep. He was so good playing Charlie Manson that that it was too good. Uh, Pe people didn't want to talk, work with him anymore. And then there's John Hurd, who has really kind of just a thankless little thankless. Great to see him, but what? Yeah. Why? Like. Why? That one seemed like he was like, well, I'll be in L.A. for a couple of days. I'll do it. I don't I was weird that he was in that. Right. And then um, we have not mentioned really the only woman, the only other woman in the movie. And we're not going to yet because she comes last after Gregory Allen Williams. Did you mention Gregory I Allen Williams? Gregory you Allen. did. OK. Yep. He's true. So now now let's get to Renee Russo. OK. Um. I I miss the '90s Renee Russo. I mean, I I I like to see her at all times, but I she was she she filled a special uh, kind of niche for 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 like women actors at that time, yeah, movie stars. Um, I mean, I thought she was great, but she was like the, she was such an interesting combination of like she played cops a lot and tough yeah. and like really tough ladies, but she was also you know. A, a very believable romantic leading woman at the same time she, she 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 was able to combine i'm incredibly feminine i'm incredibly beautiful and i could break your nose in a bar fight yeah. you know and would enjoy doing so yeah, <laughs> she, yeah. she she brought it she's great yeah. totally believable as secret service uh really totally believable and That's i think you know what kudos to her kind of believable that she might fall for clint yeah at that age kind but, of almost in, believable in a way that wasn't there was no um shrinking violet oh i'm 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 oh no it was it was she fell for him as an equal which yeah. was really which was one of the things i loved about the scene when that when they that shot of them going to the bed of sort of the weapons coming off established that they work together mm -hmm. and do you know it wasn't him having to take off his gun right. you know she's she's got every piece of weaponry that he does yeah i guess the only thing that hasn't 
truly aged well is 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 the is the fact that he thinks uh as the writers did that 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 his his incredibly uh invasive and and awful down speaking to her and sexing it up at the meetings was funny <laughs> it's like it's not it's not funny no. in today's context like i remember seeing that in 1993 and being like oh you know i mean it's not the kind of humor that ever knocked me out but it was at least something you thought you thought like well i guess that's what it's really like in the real in cop world and like tough guy land and you're like no no it's not this is this is this would have been screechingly unacceptable then and now it's just incredibly funny to me yeah the things that he says to her that he that she's supposed to find like oh i rolly kind of like oh you yeah they're incredible yeah um but for back then Whoa. they were probably you're, you're having a little bit of a mic problem i don't know if you can hear that on your end oh no is it better now now it's better but you 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 kind of go up into the upper registers it gets uh like the gain goes up and then it Oh, that was me. Down. That was me. I was. Uh, you were chalking the game. I was very excited. No, because uh, I I want to share something about their relationship that I I felt that they dealt with cinematically that was uh, kind of fun, where um, the first time they get together, and he says. We, he says, um, I've uh, I've never worked with a female agent before, and he's he's trying to get her into bed, and we have this shot of the yeah. two of them and the Washington Monument, and I I think the subtext is fairly clear. I think it's pretty clear what's going on in the shot, and then uh, it's also really funny when you realize they're they're being judged by Abraham Lincoln behind them during yeah, this. Shot. Abraham Lincoln is looking at them like, "Come on, guys!" He's yeah. rolling his eyes. Yeah, He's like and, really, yeah. This is the Washington Mon. Really, yeah. You're making a stupid sex joke out of sex the most important of, real estate yeah. in America, right? And now. then at the end of the movie, after they've slept together, we get this. <laughs> we get it again, and and we get probably the strangest closing line of a movie oh about the 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 brown the brown pigeon gonna fly it's gonna fly away before the white pigeon yeah was that a reference to the fact that we're that i'm gonna we're together now but i'm gonna die before you are because i'm i'm the old brown pigeon and you're the young white pigeon maybe i thought it was i mean i know it's a callback to when he's on that same stairway early in the movie and he, he bets quietly to himself if she turns around she's she yeah. likes me she's yeah. interested and she right. does turn around and wave to him or something yeah. and so there's a call back to that line but they see the brown pigeon and the white pigeon i thought it was like now he's retiring essentially and he's just going to sit on a bench and watch pigeons watch pigeons <laughs> um but then the last line of the movie is i know things about pigeons lily right because earlier in the movie, he says, I know. Oh, well, and maybe that's a reference to the to the retirement, because throughout the whole movie, he keeps saying, I know things about people. He does say that. But but I'm exactly and now, and right. And so it's a callback. It's a double yeah. callback. But in, I'm still confused as to why that would be. Well, I mean, maybe he's saying I'm going to stop knowing things about people now and I'm going to start knowing things about. <clears throat> I think 
that this is an example of the famous Eastwood brand of humor. <laughs> and I think he thought this was funny. Talking to a chair. And I, and I want you to remember that it was Wolfgang Peterson, who was the director of the film, who may have shared similar kind of non-humor with Clint and thought that was a funny way to end the movie. When in fact, it was, it's nonsense. <laughs> it is nonsense. Um, did you notice this? I'm going to share one other uh, pair of uh, photographs here. Um, so here we have uh, the first time we see Mr. Mal Mr. Malkovich coming out of the shadows. We see his eyes for the first time. And the next time we see them on an airplane, did you notice anything? You're you're going to try to make me look foolish. No. Did I notice anything? Well, they're different. They look different colors now. Yeah. They he's he put uh he's got colored contact light. His eyes yeah. change color through the yeah. whole movie. It's it, he, he changes it, disguises and the disguises are they're really actually well done. I, believable. There you believe he could do it too, which is the other thing I like. It was like it was disguises that you think he actually really could have pulled off as opposed to some, you know, like the was, Mission Impossible stuff. Mission Impossible peeling the face off. No. Yeah, yeah, he I'm you know, I'm I'm really surprised that he feels the I got to look this up and see what he's saying about this movie because I mean, if you're if you if you know what you're doing, I mean, you're, this is what you're getting in for. Like, it's a Clint Eastwood movie. However, the interesting to know, actually, there could be one way to look at this where he gets off the hook. Okay. Do you know how many other people had been cast in the lead role or had been uh, the, who they wanted to cast the lead role, who was up for the role oh, or cast lot. on it? Like, everybody. Yeah. I mean, De Niro, Red, Redford, Redford, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. I mean, a lot. Uh, the list went on, um, and uh, Clint got it late, and he was the one who tapped Wolfgang Peterson. So Peterson was on, wasn't on board until Clint was on board. Right. I wonder if Malkovich had signed on early, hearing that people like De Niro were going to play this part, or maybe thinking about it. Right. And maybe signed a deal. And then it turned out that Clint was doing it. And that's why he was like, oh, it's not the movie I thought it was going to be. Because this would be a very different movie with a De Niro type in it. It really I thought, would. I thought there were other people who were considered for his role also. Um, I'm just trying to figure out why he what what he could be taught on about when he's negative about the movie, because I could understand. I mean, I could understand it not being your cup of tea, but it, it's a really it's a really great example of a, a big Hollywood action thriller like with with with, you know, arguably the only thing that I could see being a little embarrassed about is like his his actual death, which isn't. They could do better today. They they kind of tried yeah. to bite off more with that fall than they than they 
than they uh, should have. Tommy Lee Jones was considered for the for Clint Eastwood's role. Ed Harris was considered for Malkovich's role. Gene Hackman was considered for the for Clint's role. Wow, pretty amazing. I gotta say, you know, I'm I'm glad Clint did this movie. I I, I there are actors out there who you know who who I think are better actors and there's certainly whose politics, I guess I align with more, but I love his whole shtick. That's, that's what it is. It's, it's great shtick. It's amazing shtick. And it's put to great use in this movie. I think they actually kind of like, I think they kind of try to delve into that character a little bit more than the surface movie. You usually get with a guy like that. You know, yeah. the fact that, you know, he's a piano player and they use Clint actually being a piano player. And he does a lot of piano playing in it. Yeah. And he, he's, he, he's like, they give a lot of time to his kind of like, you know, sly older guy trying to pick up a lady and stuff. It's like, you see his apartment. It's really well art. The movie is really beautifully art directed. And he's like the, the various apartments that Malkovich lives in are, are really cool. Cause did you notice this? that the apartments all match the costume, the personality he's in. He's in. Yeah. It's very cool. They're made. That was just so well done and elegantly done. It's really cool. The shooting is great. I mean, except for the process shots, which uh, that just weren't really nailing. Um, you know who shot the movie? Who? Interestingly, the same guy who shot Silverado. So there's oh, connection wow. there. Oh, yeah. okay. Interesting. Do you know the little bit of trivia about the guns in the movie? No, he, the, he um, in the first sequence on the boat when he's undercover, he's using a 44 Magnum, which is the Dirty Harry gun. Right. And then when he gets back to the Secret Service, he's using the uh, Six Hour. I believe it's a Six Hour, um, which is the Secret Service gun. And there are people who say that was a symbolic way of saying i am i am done with the dirty i'm putting the dirty harry character away awesome and, and moving on and awesome. they say the same thing happens in um unforgiven that he's saying goodbye to the spaghetti western character okay boy well that makes that makes sense i mean that they're, they're they're both really great Conclu conclusion stories to those archetypes yeah they they really are i mean you'd want to see dirty harry calm the f down and just stop it and get married and like just go just go feed the pigeons for a while you're yeah. fine you're you're cool just like just get out of law enforcement yeah and he does and, and he does and and you know and with unforgiven you you know he really shows you the underbelly of what these characters really all were always were right you know they were celebrated for being these cool gunslingers but in reality they were really just psychopathic drunks you know don't talk about <laughs> my american heroes that way well, i'm talking Those about fictional guys. fictional characters sir Those they are, are the fictional guys I want to hang out with they are fictional characters <laughs> don't be upset i love those guys um Oh, shout out to, you know, Ennio Morricone. Come on, man. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, I missed him in the credits and they got to the roof sequence and I was like, oh, someone's, 
someone's trying to rip off some Morricone. Some there's it's like the Untouchables, and I think this literally was like the Untouchables with without the sax. It's like they removed the saxophone and used the same music. I think for one for the one sequence, the roof the rooftop sequence is the same concept musically as the Untouchables exactly. Yeah. yeah. But he was always repurposing music anyway. Speaking of rooftop sequences in the Untouchables. Yeah. Classic. Great one. That's a great rooftop sequence. Godfather 2. Yep. One of the greats. Killer's Kiss. Um, there's probably some I'm forgetting. Um, oh, wait. Isn't there one in... Uh, isn't there one in a blast of silence? I think so. It should be another great not. line. Another one of my favorite lines in this movie. What was that? Malkovich's line where um, he's talking about why people die. And he says, some die simply because they're from Minneapolis. <laughs> and I mean, it, it ends up being a clue, yeah. but it's a great line. It's great. It's a great line. And the worst line in the movie, stop this cockamamie shit now, would you? Come on, pal, I need you. But yeah. they redeem it. They redeem it by him They're talking about it. By him saying that's He's a really cockamamie. stupid thing to say. Yeah. It? Yeah. Um, there is a there is a one funny line that that I feel like they they put in because again, the the, the comedy the comedy stylings of Clint and Wolfgang, not what I would call the tightest. <laughs> that that's a show I would go see. The comedy stylings of Clint, of Clint and Wolfgang. Wolfgang. <laughs> <clears throat> um, after they uh, undress and are gonna make it, and then she gets the call and has to go to work, and they've yeah. taken all their stuff off and. He's like lying back on the bed and you know, he ad-libbed this line on one take and he says, uh, oh, I got to put all this shit back on again. <laughs> it's like, it's, and it's well, funny. Maybe, maybe he wasn't ad-libbing. Maybe he thought they'd cut. <laughs> he was saying, we got to do. We gotta maybe, do. but it didn't look like, it looked like either an ad-lib or something that they kept in the movie because <laughs> it was kind of off for what it was great. Cause it was yeah. kind of like, yeah, I don't care. Or maybe, maybe he actually said it after they cut on one take and they were like, Ooh, put it in. Let's yeah. It in. Let's, yeah. let's say it again. Yeah. Nice. Um, any, any other favorite moments or least favorite moments? My least favorite moment involves, uh, Kermit Dunleavy. <laughs> uh, is that what, is that who he is? Yeah. Kermit Dunleavy. Yeah. Um there is the, the there's a moment in it in it that is that is legit awful, terrible filmmaking. Don't know what happened. It was literally like trauma like broke trauma studios like people broke in to Ann Coates's room right. and right. started editing for a minute and then were kicked out. Um there's this there's it's actually the moment of of Kermit Dun, Dunleavy's death. Uh Kermit is shot in the head by John Malkovich and he falls down on the roof and we can't see him because he falls down and behind a balustrade behind the top of the building. Right. And then they cut to Clint and he's going, Kermit, 
Well, you, where are you, Carmody? All right. And then they cut to the wall of the building, and Kermit Dunleavy just goes, huh! like the like Ben Gardner's head in Jaws. <laughs> he has a bullet hole in his head. It's you see it in yeah. his head. And, and he like, manages to lunge up onto the balustrade, onto like the onto the roof ledge, just to just to appear there and then well, fall well, down. That happens sometimes. Your body goes through spasms after you know, like a chicken running around. With right. Cut off. That's how so you you know that and all that gun stuff because you yeah. were one of these guys, right? Yeah, yeah. There's an actor who I am ashamed to say, neither one of us has mentioned, who is spectacular all the time okay make a fool of me let's do it no no i did i forgot him too coban bell oh well i was at you know what yes i was at the beginning beginning, i had a little a little spiel about the beginning of the movie where i was going to talk about tobin who i always love to see tobin bell spectacular authentically fantastically creepy and great and um yeah, I was going to talk about that sequence because I love it because it's like a fantastic ripoff on uh, To Live and Die in L.A., which yeah. is like the same beginning of the setup, setup of the movie. I didn't realize, first of all, that Secret Service people did other things than just protect the president run alongside the car. Um, <clears throat> so that was cool to learn that, that he's on a case involving uh, counterfeit money. And he's going to make a drop and meet a guy down by the water and they're going to get into a boat and have a little espionage thing. Uh, that surprised me because I honestly didn't know that. Did you know that Secret Service did other stuff? I'm going to say yes. Okay, well, you don't make the face, man. Don't do that. No, no. The face was, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say I knew that. But you didn't know it. But I'm going to say that I did. Okay, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad <laughs> one of us has their wits about them. Yeah. I, um, if you had asked me, I would have said that ATF or Treasury agents do that. Me too. I, I never said. Yeah. Um, but I guess I'm wrong because you know they they helped out with this this movie. Um, and they probably would have said we don't do that. I gotta say about this sequence, love Tobin Bell. The writing falls apart. Casting was weird. There is no planet wherein a man where Clint is anything but a cop like he's not <laughs> Tobin Bell like comes with he's like you know about this other guy I don't really trust him and I always have an instinct and he's standing next to a guy that's like the most cop you've ever seen in your yeah. life yeah him trying like to be undercover bad guy Clint doesn't even try he doesn't even no. begin to try no and um that's where I was like I'd kind of like to see De Niro's version of this, like a yeah. 93 De Niro doing this movie would have been cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, for a 62 year old dude, he does, he does pretty good. He does pretty good. I liked what almost also almost thinking like watching Kermit think he was going to die was, was, was awesome. They they did that back in the nineties in those in movies. They'd play chicken with people's lives and be like, ha, 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 I was kidding. I knew the guy. I didn't know it had any bullets in it. Yeah. 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 Kermit, Kermit Dunleavy. Wow, That's, you're you're throwing some shade at Kermit. 
I'm not, what am I doing? I'm just saying, I didn't think this was a great part. This, this wasn't a great, the role was, it was, a tro- was it was, it was ridiculous. It was a yeah. terrible, terrible part of the script. Okay. It shouldn't it have, it should have. It was cockamamie. It was really bad. Um, what wasn't bad was a lot of the new spy stuff that they had in it, new CIA stuff like the plastic molded gun, which was the first time anybody had seen that in a movie. Yeah, and you know they had to destroy it after the movie. Did they? Yeah, they they had to destroy it because it was they they were like can't keep that around. Danger. I yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah. It was actually that that was unnerving. Uh, now everybody's seen those things because they have, you know, like. 3d printed stuff that can make it in your basement or your living room if you want um but uh that was really creepy and and, and interesting Uh, so weird man why did malkovich not like this i'm very i'm very upset you know if he didn't like it it meant he didn't like this original script because this he knew what he was doing yeah come on uh, you know he also apparently um he improvised the moment where he puts his mouth on the gun. Yes. And, and Clint cracked up. And, uh, then, and I then read that. Yeah. Crying. Yeah. That's fun. I love that they use these things in it. Clearly there was like, they were having some fun on the set. Riffing and... like, that's the other thing about this movie is it looks like they enjoyed the hell out of making this movie. It does. It looks fun. Yeah. It looks fun. I mean, and how could it have not have been fun to have that kind of access to Washington? Because I'm sure I don't actually remember what was shot. I know some of it was probably shot in L.A., but a good portion of it was was in D.C., I'd imagine. A lot of those. Um, And having that support from the Secret Service, you know, doing something that had never really been done before. Yeah. I mean, it, it was really cool. Honestly, like this is of all the branches of, you know, jobs where you get to shoot at people and be a badass this is like this is a pretty good recruiting video like it seems like of all those you know of all those gigs this is one that's just like basically like just protect this guy there's no shenanigans just just look after this guy and you'll be good they're like samurai i guess yeah and then which made me surprised there haven't been a lot more movies about that that um that world yeah yeah it is an interesting interesting world um all right i've covered my notes here i've i've covered the waterfront i think we've done a nice job you know well you this is this is a this is a wonderful movie to pair with some barbecue uh it's a nice summer film little barbecue a gewurztraminer uh maybe with that uh like a light uh, sweet german wine to celebrate uh, Wolfgang Peterson's involvement with the film. Yes. Or maybe a Lowenbrow. I don't know. One of the two. Yeah. Um, don't expect, a, don't expect, you know, uh, uh, a revelation here. No. There's some goofy stuff. There's some silly stuff. But I think, uh, you know, to see Clint legitimately get misty and have have choking back tear like honest tears that was uh that was worth i would i would uh, that was worth it oh definitely um so what branch are we going to swing to um let's do executive branch executive we're going to swing to the the let's do judiciary we we haven't done you know what we could do we talked about doing because um 
I think it's around similar time. Did we talk about doing first Monday in October? Uh, we did. We did. I was just looking to see if there was another Rene Russo movie we wanted oh. to do. And there might be a Rene Russo movie wherein somebody's a psychopath so that you can enjoy the film. I don't think there's any psychopaths in first Monday in October. <laughs> I know you only like movies where there's degenerate psychopaths in lead roles. And I don't oh. think that Walter Matthau oh. plays one of those. Why would you say that? Um, what is Ransom? Ransom is uh Mel Gibson, isn't it? Yeah, I can't watch Mel Gibson movies anymore. Um, you're done with him. I'm kind of done with you. Mel. You professionally, you threw you're through with him professionally, unless he wants to hire me for a movie, in which case I would like right. to be there. Um. You just don't like the anti-Semitism jokes quite so much anymore. Not not as much. I, I don't love those. Yeah. Well, Although the man. rest of this cast is spectacular. The rest of the Ransom cast is pretty damn good. Gary Sinise, Delroy Lindo, Lily Taylor, Liev Schreiber, the greatest living actor of his generation. Man. Donnie well, Wahlberg, Evan Handler. Technically, Mel Gibson still makes it a good cast. It's just that he might be not a really wonderful human being. I, you know, I and there's know. somebody there's somebody in the show who you, in the movie who you might be able to get you might be able to get to join us. You're trying to manipulate me again, and I won't have it. Michael Gaston. Oh, he won't talk to me. He doesn't want to talk to me. He doesn't want to talk to you. No, he's he's a he's a big shot, professional man. He doesn't want to have he doesn't he doesn't need me calling him up and bugging him about any any of this no i guess i could see if if he'd want to you might want to come on but you know but we don't have to watch ransom i i don't think i ever saw ransom i don't know anything about it let's do first monday in october it's a comedy though isn't it it is so let's not do that no uh, we do comedies i have some jill i have a jill clayberg story you do you worked with jill clayberg yeah Let's do first Monday in October. All right. First Monday in October it is. Is it available, for God's sake? That's something we should find out. First Monday. Oh, typing. Interesting. At this angle. Monday. 1981. Walter Matthau. Jill Clayberg. It is available to see on a platform that you and I both have access to. Awesome. There we go. Excellent. Monday in October. I'm excited. I'm really, really want to see this movie again. I'm, I'm quite excited. All right. Who else is in it? Looking to see if there's anybody. Is Bar Barney Hughes. Barney Hughes is in it. Is Jim Murtaugh in it? Jim Murtaugh should be in this movie. No, he's not in it. No Jim Murtaugh. Okay, we'll watch it anyway. We can always change our mind. I don't think anybody's going to care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, great. Um, then please join us next week for first Monday in October. Looking and forward, I'm gonna, man. I'm going to see you uh, the day after tomorrow for lunch. That's right. And maybe dinner, too, depending on how lunch goes. Depending how hungry we are. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, man. Talk to you later. Be well.
You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers talk about movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know. 